Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. It gives me great pleasure to welcome back to Viewpoints, Rowan Cockrell, who's the CEO for the Continence Foundation of Australia. And there's a very big week coming up, Women's Health Week, Monday, the 5th to Sunday, the 11th of September. There's lots going on there, but um, we'll talk about the moment. But firstly, welcome again to Viewpoints, Rowan Cockerell. Thank you very much for having us. Our pleasure, Rowan. Now, we're just chatting off air just how challenging the past, well, gosh, it's nearly three years now, um, but it's not that long since we've spoken with you. How's the last year been uh, from your perspective in your sector? It's been very busy, and I think that what we've found is that the health sector in particular has been quite stretched. And, uh, you know, nursing that has been and, and health professionals that have been trying to support their, their clients have been uh, particularly challenged by people accessing them and phone consults and telehealth and all of that sort of thing. But we're slowly getting back to normal again and hopefully we'll see, you know, with more interaction, people will be able to get back and see their health professionals and get the help they need. And how have you, how have you in your role um, coped? Because you know, I talked to a lot of people, myself included at times, and everybody's had their scratchy moments. I think we all have our scratchy <laughs> moments, don't we? I call it being a bit crumbly at times, and that's all it is. You know, when we think we're coping, maybe just take a quicker look. But I think that in general, it'd be wrong to say we've all travelled through this really smoothly, but I think we're coming out the other side slowly, and good luck to everyone as we work through the process. Now you've got Women's Health Week coming up and that's just around the corner um the focus and how do you and and the focus and uh and and why the focus that you've got so it's Women's Health Week between the 5th and the 11th of September and we've become a, uh, we are a partner with the Jeans mm. House Foundation to um, support Women's Health Week, given that uh, we know that 80% of those living with incontinence are women. So we're very invested in trying to get our information out in this uh, very important week to let women know that there is help available and, and where to get that help. Now, the Continence Foundation of Australia, um, it's, it's had quite an interesting little history. You might tell us a bit about it before we go into the ins and outs of uh, this particular um, promotion to for women uh, to, to get their health better. Yeah, yeah. The, the um, Continence Foundation, you, you need us when you need us. I know that's for sure, but certainly when you... Google for continence and, and, and if you want to find out about incontinence in Australia, we're certainly very high up there in providing that very credible and, and evidence-based information. We're the peak body that promotes bladder and bowel control health and our aim is to eliminate stigma and restrictions on incontinence on, on every individual in Australia. So we know there's a lot of stigma attached to having bladder and bowel problems. We still don't like to talk about it. So mm. opportunities like this are really great because we can sort of say it's okay, it's not normal, and let's talk. Mm. 80% of those living with incontinence are women. Um, the breakdown of that covers a, a, a number of areas, doesn't it? Well, it, it does, and it's all ages, but mm. I, I guess the thing is we often feel that um, incontinence is part of ageing and part of getting older and uh, not much you can do about it. However, we know that half the women that are living out in the community are under the age of 50, so we know this is not necessarily an older person's problem. Certainly we see the, the, the challenges as people get older and, and get a bit more dependent, but it is also a younger person's uh, problem uh, certainly around uh, the pregnancy and, and childbirth um, mm. age group, but also people playing sports, netballers, uh, well renowned for having uh, have had research done in that space that they um, that there can be incontinence problems, and we know that 
10% of young women between 15 and 24 are experiencing continence. Now, they haven't got necessarily many other health issues. So it mm. is across all ages that um, women can experience a problem. Yeah, and uh, an interesting one there that intrigues me is one in three netballers experience incontinence. Is there any scientific research as to, to, to the cause of that specifically? <clears throat> Look, the, the research is out there, and I, I guess that we, we know that sort of netballers have been a particular focus on some pieces of research recently, but also, uh, you know, weightlifters and women in, in sports that create a lot of stress on the pelvic floor, and there's a lot of jarring. Besides our bones and our knees and our ankles in netball, there's often a lot of uh, pressure put on their pelvic floor as far as... Um, as uh, as incontinence goes. So, again, you know, learning out how to adapt, tr seek help, get treatment, it shouldn't be a long-term issue, but it's really about knowing that uh, it's not normal. Now, it's interesting, one in four or 25% of us are incontinent, and yet, given there's so many of us who, who suffer from it, either temporarily or permanently, um, that, it's, that it has a stigma, as it does, because... It's not some rare condition in, in that sense, is it? Well, I think that um, probably bladder is uh, bladder and bowels, and particularly bowels, mm. is not something you like to talk about much. It's not something we still get embarrassed by, and it's incredibly debilitating if you are being restricted from going out and having your, doing your normal daily activities. So we don't like to share a lot about this information, yet when we actually talk to people we know or to our friends or our GP, we'll actually find that actually there are a lot of other people and that help is available. So it's really about starting the conversation and that's what we're really trying to get women to do at this stage because uh, it, it is highly stigmatised still. Mm, mm, it, it is. An interesting one is if you talk to people, and before, obviously, I've, I've read your things, but before I read uh, the information from you, uh, uh, my view of incontinence was that it was urinary, but it's also faecal incontinence too. That's right. So uh, that can, and that's not necessarily just an older person's um, issue mm. as well. So many people can have this problem and um, and really do, uh, it does restrict their no normal daily activities and restricts them from going out of the house. And that isn't good for mental health either. So uh, it is highly debilitating at times. Now, you've got a media release and you talk about uh, the fact that people are not doing things. And in this case, we're talking... Uh, on, for women, um, that they're not doing the sorts of exercises uh, and strategies, implementing them to, to minimise it. Uh, so, so what are they doing wrong or what are they forgetting to do? Well, we know that um, we talk, there's lots of options uh, and, and I think the first step is to ask for help and know that you accept you've got a problem and seek that help and then find out with your particular symptoms uh, and issues, what is it that you need to do to get help? Uh, often, and in, certainly in our information, we put a lot of information about pelvic floor exercises. It is one of the, the treatment options that is available, one of, but there's lots of lifestyle issue, uh, lifestyle choices you can make uh, as you, uh, in your normal daily lives that can, uh, can help. But it's really about understanding and making sure that you uh, seek the right information and get the right treatment that suits the symptoms that you have. So there's no one type of bladder mm. or bowel problems. It's about going and seeing that health professional, your doctor, a physio, a nurse, and making sure you've got the, um, the correct treatment plan for you. 
Mm, yes, it's, as you said, there's quite a range of them. Uh, I'll just quote you. The key to preventing or better managing incontinence comes down to protecting and strengthening the pelvic floor and adopting a few healthy lifestyle habits. How do you protect and strengthen the pelvic floor? So pelvic floor health and pelvic health is really important as part of uh, bladder and bowel um, uh, management because often the pelvic floor can get quite weak due to a variety of things that happen in our normal daily lives. If you think about, you know, women that may be a bit overweight, mm. pressure on the, the bladder uh, and, or pressure on the pelvic floor, as we age, our skin um, increases and drops a little bit, so does the pelvic floor. Um, smoking or menopause, mm. all of these sort of things can have an impact on a muscle that's meant to hold up all the bodily parts within your body. It's the last last muscle that's holding everything up. So pelvic floor exercises is really important. It is one of the very important parts that we need to actually understand and we encourage everyone to do it as part of prevention, but part of maintenance, but also part of treatment because incontinence can be better managed even just doing the pelvic floor exercises. It may even cure it. Not in all cases, but that might be that you need to seek advice on what else you should be doing to support the pelvic floor exercise um, a very important strategy that everyone should be doing yes and the intriguing part of that is uh, as i read you can do them on the bus you say at your desk while you're standing in line for a coffee and nobody will even know you're doing them uh, so that that that's a real plus isn't it absolutely no one knows you're doing it because it's a muscle inside your body to be perfectly honest it's so individualized on and learning how to do it properly and really probably uh, going and making sure you're doing it properly, just for the sake of, um, you know, the cost of a haircut. Uh, we all go and have a haircut, but you could go and see a physio and sort of say, tell me how to do it, make sure I'm doing it properly and make sure the treatment's individualised to your needs. But it's very simple to learn and all the information about pelvic floor exercises is readily available on um, on our website, continence.org.au. Yes, and in, in talking about, uh, you know, putting things on the table and issues that people find uh, difficult at times and understandably so to discuss, um, sexual dysfunction is another issue that's a very sensitive one and, uh, and you say the exercise don't just help with incontinence, they can also improve sexual function. So um, there's, there's a number of areas there of which um, these exercises, if we bother to learn about them and do them, could help more people than we think well it's a win-win then isn't mm. it so if we know that um you know only what we do know is that less than two out of ten people are actually doing their pelvic floor exercises you know daily we haven't got enough people doing it even just for maintenance we mm. see people go to the gym they do their exercise they can see they're doing it they're flexing their muscles they're you know doing their legs they're doing their resistance training but they're not doing that exercise that deep down and deep inside will just have so much of an impact on the rest of their lives. Mm. So the, 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 the key to that is, uh, if you're not familiar with them, is to go and see a physiotherapist, uh, and, and it's a good thing to do just per se anyway, uh, even if it's, as my father used to always say to me, not about this but about many other things, Rowan, <laughs> often before I got sanctioned for something, son, prevention is better than cure. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And look, you can read about them, go to the website, have a look and have a listen. Uh, um, you could actually, you can actually ring our helpline um, and speak to a nurse and actually they will tell you whether pelvic floor exercises is the thing you should focus on first or part of a broader strategy that you might do to start uh, seeking help. But the most important thing is that you start to seek help and that's the important part of this.
Yes, now you say, according to a survey of more than 15,000 Australian women, less than two out of ten do their pelvic floor exercises daily, despite incontinence affecting one in three women who have ever had a baby. Um, it's interesting because you've been talking about this and you know, for more than five minutes, uh, and given that it can be discreetly done, I'm, I'm still puzzled as to why people who could benefit from it uh, are still not taking advantage of the support and advice that you're providing there, Rowan. Well, look, I think that um, sometimes our own life choices, it's always easy to say we should be, you know, maintaining mm. our weight and doing all the healthy things in life, drinking plenty of fluids, drinking the right type of fluids, eating properly, not getting constipated. All of these things make sense. It's really hard sometimes to make it all happen, but we've just got to keep on changing and making, improving our life choices. For things even down to as simple as the exercises, connect it with something you do. So if you just say, every time I come to a stoplight, I'm going to do you know some pelvic floor exercises, there, you get into a routine and you actually start to do things. So it's about making something a routine actually believing and getting the value out of it and also making those other lifestyle healthy choices that are really for the benefit of yourself in the long term. It's constantly trying to make people sort of just reevaluate themselves and do things that are healthy for themselves. So, you know, it's sometimes hard to always do all the healthy things, but you can try really hard because if you are incontinent, bladder or bowel, you'll know how difficult it can be and you'd want mm, to change it. Mm. Yeah. There's something you don't mention there. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert in this. Uh, anxiety and stress, uh, can they be related to, to um, incontinence? Look, um, there can be some sort of contribution to, you know, getting very nervous about being getting out of the house or, or not going too far from home because people get uh, anxious or nervous that they're going to be caught without being near a toilet mm. when they do have a problem. We certainly know there's a, a direct call, you know, there's a direct link to mental health, depression, just the whole life-changing circumstance of not being able to leave your house or do your normal things that you want to do because you're restricted by your bladder or bowel incontinence. So the, the issue is it can have a, a, an effect either way. And I think the main, main thing we're trying to do is say there is a way to take a, some control and actually be able to get back. You you deserve that quality of life. And uh, that's what we're trying to get give information for. Mm. Now, 20% of men, um, they obviously, <laughs> my gender obviously suffers from uh, incontinence too. Um, what can men do? Men can do the same sort of lifestyle choices as uh, women have. So obviously yes, they're not going could, to go... Yes, we could, but we don't always. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. And and sometimes, um, you know, it's really hard, again, to change people's long-term behaviours, but mm. it's about taking ownership. Again, we see men all the time going to the gym and doing all those heavy lifts and, and doing all that. What I think that probably what we've really learnt in the last little while, and we really did a promotion probably a couple of months ago where um, we actually talked... Uh, and, and communicate to men, they actually have a pelvic floor too. So we often relate pelvic floor exercises to women, but men need to understand they have a pelvic floor and they should be exercising it too because they go through their own life events and, you know, including, you know, all the, the 
good and bad choices of being overweight or smoking or doing exercises mm. or not, but they also have prostate issues later on in yep. their sort of 40s to 60s, and a pelvic floor exercises are very important to men uh, in those circumstances. So men should be doing the pelvic floor exercises and seeking help if they've got incontinence problems as well. Mm. I notice on your website you've got, and it's a good checking point uh, if people check it out, um, uh, seek help. Think you might have a continence issue. Um, you've got a quiz. And if you answer yes to any <laughs> of the questions, you may have a bladder or bowel control problem. That's a simple quiz people can take and uh, the answers uh, could lead you to a, a worthwhile phone call. Absolutely. So there's different ways. Everyone likes to get their information different ways. So I've mentioned condoms.org.au. There's also for men a, a, mm. um, a, a, a website called BIN4, numerical 4, BIN's, oh, yes. for, bins for Blokes. <laughs> That's great for, for the um, the guys to learn and, and focus on men's health and their health-seeking behaviour. So that's really helpful. Um, but also, if you really do want and don't know how to go about it or where to go, you can ring the helpline and then I'll, I'll let you know the number. It's one eight hundred double three double zero double six. And Monday to Friday, 8am to 8pm, there's a nurse that will answer your phone and uh, your phone call and basically help you through. You can tell them what your issues are and they can actually tell you what sort of health professional you need to be looking for and what are the resources near you if you want to um, pursue some help. So... Uh, that helpline is readily available to everyone nationally uh, uh, to get help. Absolutely. Now, Rowan, time's on the wing. You've been in the job a while. How long have you been the uh, CEO now? Oh, I've been a CEO here uh, for about six years, but I've been with the organisation nearly 12. Mm. And uh, I come, you know, a long way back from being a nurse and working in continents many years ago. So I'm very passionate mm. and very committed to that there is help available. So it always, uh, I, I, I know I come over very enthusiastic, but I honestly want people to know being incontinent is not normal. Please seek help and there is help available. Mm, no, it's not normal. And it, and it of itself can cause you great anxiety and stress, which can compound the problem. So it's worth doing. If people want to get in touch and get more information from from your your organisation, how would they do that, Rowan? Look, I just ring the National Continence Helpline and they will um, put things through to, so again, one eight hundred double three double zero double six, and those nurses will take the information and put you through to where you need to speak to, but certainly they will take your call about your, yourself personally if that's how, how someone wants to approach it. Wonderful. And can I congratulate you and all those people in your team, and some of them are the unsung ones we don't hear about for the... The passion and great work that you do to make to help us make our own lives better. Absolutely, they do a great job here. Thank you. That was Rowan Cockerell, a very passionate advocate for better health, and just reminding people it's Women's Health Week, Monday, the fifth to Sunday, the eleventh of September, twenty twenty-two, and uh, the focus for the Continence Foundation of Australia in that time is focuses on everyone, but. Uh, there is, uh, there is work to be done uh, with uh, our pelvic floor exercises uh, and 80% of people who suffer from incontinence are women. So women out there, men too, but women, get in touch and find out what you can do.